episode 59 of All the Books, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Eric Nichols. And I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking <laughs> about uh, our, our old friend, going to be a new friend, I guess, to us, Alexander McCall Smith. Yeah. He's coming here October 20th, so yeah. we're uh, prepping for that by talking a little bit about his works and his life. Sure. But not yet. No. No. Up front, we're going to talk right. about some other stuff. Sure. Hilarity may or may not ensue. Probably not. Really depends. No. But before we begin, let's uh, let's do an old tradition here. An old, yeah. Pop open the old Cokes. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right, that so is, my Coke. That goes down smooth. My Coca-Cola says, uh, it's getting hot in here. It's a share of Coke and a song. So mine says, it's getting hot in here. Okay. Yours says... Um, uh, copyright 2015, the Coca-Cola Company, Consumer Information. Oh, boy. Is that right? That's a boring Coke. Oh. No, I'm kidding. All Coke is great. No. Okay. Uh, Coca-Cola. If yeah. You need a bolt to, from a neighbor. <laughs> I, I, I guess I meant jolt. Yeah. But I said bolt. A bolt. So now I'm thinking yeah. like... Well, if it's you good a, for the Halloween episode. Yeah. It's like yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. If you need a bolt from a neighbor... Yeah. Bring him a Coke. Bring him a Coke. <laughs> He'll trade yeah. you a bolt. A barter system. Jeez. Or if you need to bolt away from your neighbor because mm-hmm. you just stole his toolbox. That's right. Drink a Coke. It'll give you the energy to keep going for a while. It sure will. Man, you'd think they were our corporate sponsor, but yeah. they're not in yeah. any way. This is all free. No one sponsors us. We're really I wouldn't even say up. the library sponsors us. <laughs> hey, that's not true. Oh. They love us. We just won an award. From remember who the Southern Tier Library? That's system. right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, early on in the run, Eric <laughs> used to buy us a Coke every episode to get us yeah. jazzed and going. Yeah. He stopped. Yeah. But I thought today it's rainy, it's cold, it's dreary. Yeah. We need a little, a little liquid courage. Uh, yeah. Oh, courage. happiness. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's yeah. open up the old books. Check Ooh. on the bookmarks. My Coke expires November twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. Oh my gosh! You gotta drink that quickly. Mine does too. That's crazy. Weird. Anyway, we're gonna open up the old books, check out the bookmarks, see what we've been reading. Check out the old books. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right, hit me, Eric. What do you got? What do I got? Yeah. Well, loving. It's what I've got. That's a song. I'm sorry. Nick has stepped away from the microphone and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm just grabbing my notebook. Okay, I... you left me quoting songs I don't know the all, all the words to. <laughs> I, I I asked you what you've been reading. That was that's all true. that was all you. You're right. All right. Gosh, I don't know. What was the last thing I talked about? Was it Superior Iron Man? Oh boy. I don't know. All right, so I read Superior Iron Man Volume One, okay, and Superior Iron Man Volume Two, and that by it. Tom Taylor. That yeah. is, that does complete it. So it was frustrating because, uh, what happened was Iron Man Tony Stark, he was hit by this uh, Axis wave, okay. that caused certain villains in the Marvel universe to gain a conscience and become like good. Wow, and certain villains to lose their conscience and become heroes. bad heroes. Uh, yeah, heroes okay. lost their conscience and became Little bad. Little Iron okay. Man was one of the ones who got hit and became like his evil self. Okay. But when everybody fixed it, some villains, such as Sabretooth, were kept as good, and some heroes, just Iron Man, okay. was left still evil. Still so evil. this series is about evil Iron Man. Okay. However, it ends with nothing resolved. Just mm. like, you're a bad person, Iron Man, and you're going to be unhappy. And he's like, oh, but I'm still bad. And then Marvel has their big event, Secret Wars, come Mm -hmm. and just erase all that. And then what takes place, which I also read, is Invincible Iron Man by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, I've read that. Yeah. And you didn't get any hint that he was ever... No. Yeah. No. So they just completely... It's just one of those, like... It's almost like a uh, what-if story now. Because nothing... What if Iron Man was evil and stayed evil? (laughs) Uh, I read Huck by Mark Millar. Oh, yeah. I read that. And I liked it, I think, more than you. Okay. Uh, I felt like the new graphic adult graphic novel yeah. in our collection here about a guy who's super strong and does a good deed. He's a every tracker. Day. Tracker, yeah. that's that's key. He's also a tracker. Yeah. Uh, 
so I liked it. It felt kind of like a uh, modern version of 1940s Superman. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah, it had to look, it had a yeah. classic look to it. So had a, an Americana feel okay. to it. I read Star Wars Volume Three and Darth Vader Volume Three. Star Wars is fine. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader is great. Okay, I love the Vader comics. Yeah, and I realized that the next volume is the last volume. That's that makes me sad. super sad. That is sad. So easy for us to collect, though. Yeah, we'll have the complete great. Vader set. Sure, awesome. Uh, I just like it. it. It finds a way to balance off like making Vader a force, so you can tell other stories, but also providing enough like character insights into Vader. Hmm. So. It's, uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized, it was this volume I realized that this is a Vader who, this is the Darth Vader that takes place right after episode four. So he's like at the bottom of the totem pole right now okay. in terms of like importance to the Emperor because he just let the Death Star get blown up. Right. By teenagers, yeah, essentially. By yeah, by one teenager, right. really, too. So he, he's been like proving himself again, yeah. regaining his rank. So now that I've seen that, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. So... And I read the book Eight Rivers of Shadow, ah. not Eight Days of Summer, yeah. which is the sequel to the first days of Autumn. Right. So, uh, <laughs> Your original book. My original yeah. book about the yeah. girl named Autumn who falls in love with a blind farmer yeah. boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's um, great Eight Rivers of Shadow is the sequel to 13 Days of Midnight. Okay. And this is a YA. This a, is a YA. A spooky YA series. Spooky YA. He's a necromancer, the oh, main character. Okay. He's he's a reluctant necto. And that means he's in love with people's necks. No, that means he can. Oh. He his magic involves dead. The necks. The dead. The dead. the dead. the dead people. Dead neck dead people. people. He, okay. Okay. Like ghosts and everything. Yeah. And my problem with this book. Okay. Was the first book I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character was reluctant. He's like, I don't want to be a necromancer. And he doesn't know how to do any of that stuff. So when he's put in the situation, he he's you know out of his elements. In this one, it's the same stuff, and mm. he still doesn't know how to do anything. That's frustrating. And it's frustrating, because he read this book called The Book of Eight, uh-huh. which... Uh, the character in the book read a book. Yeah. Right? Okay. And it like was supposed to like teach him all this magic and everything, Okay. but he just doesn't use any of it. And so it's not until like the last act of the book that he starts... Like taking charge and using it, and the world bu- building in this book is like so cool. Okay, like all the like ancient magic and uh, the ne- necromancers and like uh, the way they interact with each other, the way they bind ghosts to them and everything. It's all so cool. But like this character is the only person I think who doesn't think it's cool, and so it's frustrating <laughs> because I just want him to be active in it. I want him to be, to try to learn stuff and right. like, and he right. doesn't. And I want him to stop complaining about it. I'm just so sick. Is it a trilogy or is this? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's probably going to be more if it does well, but it's very frustrating because I nothing's worse than like a what? What do you call them? A lazy protagonist. He's not lazy. Oh. I just reluctant. I just don't want a reluctant protagonist. I see. That makes sense. At this point now, it's like, can we pay attention to the people who are having fun in this world? Right. Anyway, I read two Alexander McCall Smith books, Ooh. but we'll save those yeah, for later. We'll right now, I'm reading Frankenstein. By Odd Thomas. No, no. Oh, I, Odd Frankenstein. No. By Dean Dr. No, Frankenstein. No, no, no. No, you're getting it all wrong. I'm reading Prodigal Son by oh, Dean Koontz. That's a subtitle. Okay. Yeah. I'm reading Dean Koontz Frankenstein, number one, Prodigal Son okay. by Dean Koontz. That's for the Page Turners Book Club. Eric's yeah. going to be joining the book club for the, our Halloween book. I like to think they're joining me. I do, too. So. <laughs> you were, were you there for Salem's Lot? I can't remember. Did you come last year? I read it, but I wasn't you there. You come for the book no. club. Okay. So this is your first time joining us for Halloween Book Club. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the... Uh, well, I haven't started it yet, but I can tell you that Odd Thomas, when we did it a couple years ago, was 
You hated it. I hated it, yeah. One star. Uh, yeah, a couple people liked it, and a couple people hated it. There was nobody who was like, it was okay. Right. But I'm told that Odd Thomas is different and that Frankenstein is good. So I don't okay. know. Jessica, who works here, who will also be joining us for the book club, as we've mentioned, is a fanatic. She loves them. So she's rereading Frankenstein now, so she'll be ready to dig in and discuss. So I'm looking forward to that. I haven't started it yet, but how, how deep are you into it? I haven't started it. Oh, you haven't? You no. just That's your next? Yeah. Okay. That's the, yep. All right. Nice. Yeah, well, we just got a couple of our copies came in. You can see them right on my shelf there. Yes! Yeah. There's not very many copies, so no. we've got to read I'm going to read mine as quickly as I, I know. can, man. Get yeah. off my case. No, I understand. Ugh, you do this all the time. No, no I'm kidding. I'm not going to be like this anymore. That'd be great. <laughs> Unlikely, but great. <laughs> uh, so is that all? Me? It yeah, me? it's on to you now, man. Okay. you got to carry the weight. I, I think I can do it. you got to carry the show. Here's what I finished. I'm leaving. Uh, I finished See the ya. great... The, no, no, no. you got to stay. Okay. The Great Cake <laughs> Mystery by Alexander McCall Smith. Stop spoilers. Which we'll discuss later. I sure will. And I read the graphic novel Twilight Children, one of the last illustrated yeah. by Darwin Cook, who passed oh, away recently. Right. And this was uh, the continued story of Bella of the, and Edward. Yeah, the Twilight, the Stephanie Meyer Twilight After they, saga. At yeah, their yeah. children. you got to buy that gender role reversal oh, copy boy. of Twilight. The problem with it is that they don't sell it separate. I know. You have to buy a double, so you get yeah. Twilight and then the gender reverse right. Twilight. So for those of you who for don't $17. know, Stephanie Meyer... Gender swapped the roles in Twilight and released yeah. it as what's it called, Life and Death? Yeah, something like that. So it's got a green apple on the cover. Yeah, somebody was like, apple. "So is green the opposite gender of a red yeah, apple?" It's a green, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's still Twilight. It's the Do same basic story, but you know, it's a, the genders are all yeah. reversed. So if you had to guess, red apple is what, male or female? Well, I guess it's got to be a lady compared to the the green apple is yeah. then the well the male. green the green M M&M and M is a lady. Oh, so. That's confusing right there. Sure you is. You never know. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a role reversal of Twilight, but the only way to get it is in a giant hardcover with yeah. the original Twilight. So, so if you already own Twilight, you don't need it. It's not helpful. One would say no. you don't need it anyway. No, <laughs> no, completely unnecessary. So. It's kind of a new trend, I guess, that started. Combining the, books? Well, no, you had the same, I guess it's not quite the same. But, Gender reversing? Uh, like Fifty Shades of Grey, uh-huh. uh, she did the same thing where she took, well, not the same thing, but she took it from the other character's perspective. Right. So it's just a, a, a different perspective yeah. of the same story. Yeah. It's kind of the same. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. It should be in a bookshop form, I if guess. If Tolkien was alive, I'm sure J.R. Tolkien would He'd be gender, gender reversing the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Be yeah. a whole bunch of female hobbits. I guess the whole fellowship would be female then. I think so. A bunch of yeah. lady fellowship. Yeah. You'd watch it. Don't yeah, like it. I would. Yeah. It'd be so good. Yeah. Anything for more of that, I think. An elderly lady wizard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, back to the Twilight Children. It's uh, <laughs> it's just a standalone graphic novel, and the art's cool. It's uh, The story's good. Yeah. And then it just, like, ends. Well, and none of the intriguing mysteries are resolved. Dar- Darwin Cook passed away. No, I know that. Okay. None of the mystery. <laughs> I mean, it, it has an ending within the book. But oh. it doesn't answer any questions. Okay. And so I thought, like, did I miss something? I looked online, and, like, every review was almost exactly the same as mine. It was, like, right. it was really great, and then just done. So weird. So we yeah. have it in the adult graphics collection, so if you want to check that out and see if you see something that I don't. But I was, I was left hanging by the end, and, and there is no more. It's hmm. done. Uh, currently reading, not really any changes there. I'm... Uh, I'm getting through Pet Cemetery pretty quickly. Yeah. I was, this wasn't high on my list of Stephen King books to read. I probably wouldn't be reading it if not for you. Yeah. And I'm not even reading it right now. I know. I'm yet. going to, though. I know you will. Come now. Uh, so, but I'm liking it. It's good. I'm nice. more than halfway through, and it's just, it's taken a turn that I knew it was going to take, uh-huh. 
but I really hoped that I was wrong. <laughs> sure. And I'm so, not. So you're scared. It's yeah. It's starting to get a little. I've already like had. I don't read it before bed. Right. <laughs> sure. Not because it's terrifying, but yeah. it's just sort of disturbing, and I don't want yeah. to like get it. After right all, now, your so. your uh, two year old son does hear little people in the walls. That's true. He has claimed that before. So, so I don't, don't want to mess with that. But yeah. Pet Cemetery is not a book club or anything. Eric and I are both just reading it after years yeah. of putting it off. It's a bro so. book club. Yeah. So well, we, that's right. <laughs> a book club of two. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I've had here before. <laughs> just me and somebody else. Yeah. So <laughs> book club of two also. <laughs> sounds like a good book it does so yeah i like it maybe autumn has like a best friend she makes <gasps> and then like that yes. best friend well, has, has a spin-off series it has two in the title yeah first and then the second yeah, yeah that's great i mean yeah. that's janet ivanovich style right yeah there. that's true each one yeah uh, i'm also reading emma by alexander mccall smith yeah uh i'm having some trouble with this one yeah i'm not gonna lie to you and here's why the whole purpose of this is part of this austin project where different authors are rewriting jane austen books okay uh, modernizing them the thing is, Alexander McCall Smith has a very old-fashioned writing style, yeah, like, purposely so. Yeah. And so this doesn't feel... I mean, every once in a while, they'll say, like, magazine or camera or something. Right. But other than that, it does not feel modern to me at all. <laughs> you know, There was mention of the Cuban Missile Crisis, but Gasp. the whole... I know. But the whole thing just feels... It doesn't feel like an update. Mm. So it's, now I'm just kind of wishing that I was just reading Emma. By so Day not Austin, sexy so. enough. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I just wanted to be like taking selfies and yeah. be on Facebook. Yeah. Not really. Okay. But it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel modernized, which I think was sort of the whole point. So right. All right. I don't know. We'll see what the book club thinks. Okay. It's got pretty mixed reviews. I think Emma purists are like, how dare you do this? Mm-hmm. And some people who are just approaching it blind are like, okay. So yeah. we'll see what the club says. I'm currently reading Wolverine, Enemy of the State. This is new in our uh, graphic novel collection. Not new so that's what I'm, in the world of graphic novels. Well, I didn't say that, did I? No. <laughs> I don't remember when this came out. I read it in yeah. single issue form. I was buying the issues monthly. Yeah. In fact, actually, uh, after Enemy of the State, after all that, it yeah. goes into uh, Wolverine Civil War. Okay. So that's where that is. So I guess that's, that's 2006. True. Yeah. So. All right. What happens so I'm is. I'm 10 years behind. Don't yeah. tell me. Well, have you started it? Yeah. I just finished, also, I read the, <laughs> all, I've read all of the Pete the Cat books by James Dean to my son. Congrats. He loves them. Yeah. We've been going through them. Like, I'm trying to slow. Mm-hmm. Now we've read them all. Yeah. Not that he would care to yeah. go, if I went back and started rereading them, mm-hmm. but I care. Yeah, sure. So it was sort of yeah. sad. The, 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 okay. the cat is fun. Yeah, have you seen the books and the kids Probably. remember anything? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's real like loose watercolor yeah. drawings, and he's just kind of a, a laid back. Yeah. I see why they're popular. Okay. They're fun. So we read that. Nice. Anyway. Splat the cat. He's so, popular. I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Did you make that up? No, Splat the Cat's a real picture book series. Really? It's just a cat that looks kind of frazzled, huh. has adventures. Splat the Cat, like, falls off a ladder or something. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> he shouldn't be on that ladder in the first no, place. No, he shouldn't. What's he doing? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for me and my bookmark. So yeah. you can close that up. Yeah. Goodbye, uh, everybody. Yeah, goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry I was so loud right there. That's okay. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, waveform right now, and that, yeah. w- that was rough on our listeners. I <laughs> hey, I also... Uh, in the, this is the year of page-to-screen adaptations, as we've discussed at length. Sure. But I started 11-22-63, starring James, show. James Franco, yeah. based on the book by Stephen yeah. King. I love the book. And so far, I'm really digging the uh, How the many show. episodes are you in? Uh, I think we're just in the second, okay. so we're not too far into yeah. it. But Jimmy the Franks. pilot was really good, I thought. It was a good I don't pilot. know if you'd call it a pilot, if it's a miniseries, but yeah. the first episode yeah. was good. Okay. You, you watched the whole series? Yeah. And you liked it? I did. Did it make you want to read the book, or you're okay with it? The... I think I might be okay. Uh, I know the book's supposed to like expand on a billion things yeah. because it's 
huge. It is a big book. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I might need some time between me and the show. I don't know if it would... I, I don't know if you would like the book or not. You'll have to tell me I after you finish it. the show. It, it sort of seems like... I mean, if you know it... I don't know. It does know. expand things, but I imagine it stays pretty true to the plot. And if you know how it all resolves, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that you'll be that compelled to get through the thousand pages or whatever. I guess we'll see. Anyway, I like that. Nice. Any other page to screen things happening right now? Well, Girl on the Train. Girl on the out, Train so. comes out this week. Oh, and our book club also meets this week. <gasps> Wednesday. So much Girl on the Train. That's right. Wednesday at 3.30, Wednesday the 5th. So, Angelica listeners, you Warning. missed it. You missed it. That's true. Warning. Uh, Girl on the Train, the movie, yeah. takes place in New York. Really? Whereas the book takes place in London. That's confusing because Emily Blunt is British. I think most of the people in the movie are British. Huh. It is confusing. And I don't know any people. I don't like that. Yeah. It's also... Just seems like London's kind of part of it. It is, yeah, so, it definitely is. Huh. I don't know. Weird. And okay. I guess I always think of like New York as more like subways, yeah, than like trains. Yeah, and she's not going to be like things. in the subway, like, oh look, that, that woman on in the brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we all got it though. That's all right. That's all right. So anyway, the book. Sometimes I imagine there's a woman past the bricks who's having <laughs> yeah, a marriage. That would, That's wonderful. That would change it significantly. I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> Because she, Emily Blunt's playing Mary Poppins, Poppins with yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Weird. Oh, speaking of. Is he playing Bert? I, I don't know. I think he's playing uh, the dad. Oh, okay. Mr. Maybe. Banks. Or maybe he is. No, I think it's. Is it a different family I think it's a different together? family. Oh, okay. So, that makes sense. Um, is she immortal? Mary, Mary Poppins? Poppins? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read the books, but <laughs> okay. the books are very different. So, yeah. Do you think she's just like a spirit bound to earth to constantly serve and improve children's lives? You know what? I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, yeah. you and I, yeah. we got a special little announcement to, for oh, all our Hamilton okay. fans. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Eric and I... Uh, We're going to see Hamilton! We're going to see Hamilton. In Chicago. Yes. yes. With, our, with our wives and families. Yeah. So. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Big we deal. are going to be in the room where it happens. Yes. Yeah. Hamilton reference. I get it. Yeah. Man, you are the wrong person to take this, but guess what? What? You're going to love it. It'll be an educational experience. Yeah, you're going to have to listen to the soundtrack. I don't think I, through. No, I don't Stop think I have to. Stop being like this. Listeners, what, he's being a jerk. Would, I'm sorry. No, why would why, I do that? Why would you listen to the, the thing and then be yeah, excited before, to go see the thing? No, I mean, why would I listen to it? You won't even listen to like a film why, score why would before you, you why go would you see read, the movie. Why would you read Girl on the Train and then go see Girl on the Train? I get it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Man, did I have that log and loaded. Yeah, oh, it feels so good. This Coke is magic. Yeah, I know it is. No, you're right. That's true. I won't listen to a film score before the yeah, movie. Well, I feel the same way. I would like to just. I mean, I've heard Hamilton before. I don't want to like oh, boy. know it. I want to like experience it. Yeah. So, ugh, you millennials. What? You're I a millennial. Swear. I think no. I'm not a millennial. Yeah, you are. Don't you call me that. Sorry, millennial. I'm right on the cusp. It like millennials start like the year or two after me. Huh. According to the millennial okay. thing, it's like very late '80s. When you when you factor in your stunted development, I think that uh, that technically. I did stay back you. in first grade. Yeah, that might make me a. Uh... <laughs> You're a de facto millennial. Darn it! Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we can move on to book news yeah, then. What are you, a Generation Xer? Open it up. I don't know. I'm a baby boomer at heart. <laughs> That's true. At heart, you are a baby boomer. <laughs> oh look, murder! She wrote's back on. Yeah. So it's a true. marathon. So That's true. you during a no. I got marathon it. Yeah, of... you're absolutely right. That's man. I would really get into Are you going to drink any of your Coca-Cola? Because I could yeah, have some more. You've got so much. You've got half All right, you want to get to book news? Yeah, we'll, I do. Let's stop meandering. So we're going to tell you about things that are books that are coming out a long time away, so you can set your calendars, get excited about Who it. Who sets their calendar? I don't know. On their phone, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Eric's going to talk to you about some books that are coming out this very week. I'm going to discuss. It's, I want it to be back and forth. I don't want to just, like, 
Oh. Preach at them. Okay. I want them to, you know, okay. lecture. I don't want to lecture. I want I to be like, hey, this book's coming out. Yeah. I don't want them to say, you want them to, it's sure. exciting. Okay. Well, I like it. Sure. All right. <clears throat> us, Nick. What's coming out sure. so far, far away that some of us may not even see their release dates? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all our elderly sure. listeners. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Or our very young listeners driving too fast. This is a dark, dark <laughs> intro. Our to James a, Dean listeners, very, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jane Ann Krentz coming out with a new book, When All the Girls Have Gone, coming out November 29th. When the party's so, over. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got about two months for this one. Jane Ann Krentz, the New York Times bestselling author of Secret Sisters, delivers a thrilling novel of the deceptions we hide behind, I think the we passions to- we surrender to, and the lengths we'll go to for the truth. I think we talked about Secret Sisters, or it was on... The New York Times bestsellers list at a point. I'm not sure how old Secret Sisters is. Hmm. Probably been out for a while, but you yeah. You and I are secret friends. That's true. I don't tell the world that we're friends. That's rude. I don't want them to know. They're like, hey, is that your friend Nick? I'm like, mm, no way. Don't even <laughs> know just, him. Nick, you said? It's like all that does is hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jane Ann Krentz. It's funny, you know, while, while you're thinking, while you're talking about things that we've covered in the past, it's funny now that uh, Facebook memories are always like, episode two of the yeah. podcast cracks yeah. me up. The Makes podcast like is now going to doing this forever. Is our uh, little sound time capsule? It is of our lives. Uh, oh, good news! Sure, uh, got a new bookshot coming out. Oh, hit me November first. Hit me with the bookshot. James Patterson, Jeffrey J. Keys. I think he might be new. Yeah, uh, Killer Chef. Hit me with your bookshot. <laughs> James Patterson's bookshots, short, fast-paced, high-impact entertainment. Caleb Rooney shot. knows how to do two things: run a food truck and solve a murder. <laughs> sure, <laughs> come on. When people suddenly start dying of foodborne illness, the stakes mm, are delicious. higher than ever. Yeah. Come on. Here's the thing, though. That seems like clearly it was meant to be a pun, but it's not spelled as steak. What a missed opportunity. It's yeah. not spelled like the food steak. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a businessman, not a writer. I know. That's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! Oh. Eric, please pick up your mic. He, sorry, he <laughs> sorry. dropped his mic. Right. It's, uh, it's library property, please. Oh, jeez. I actually broke the mic stand. <laughs> painting that bit. I'm going to turn my mic off. Okay. Which I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate, and I'm going to fix this mic stand. Okay. I'll keep going. Uh, next, you know, we're coming up into the point here where I'm going to start telling you about Christmas books. So, no! ready or not, here they come. Sorry, I'm yelling so they, they can still hear me. They, no, they. My mic is off. Yes, I know. Okay. Uh, the Mistletoe Secret by Richard Paul Evans. Richard Paul Evans, obviously the king of Christmas. So no, did... that, that title belongs to Johnny Mathis. But Richard Paul Evans has written several Duke, several sure? Christmas books. Yeah, he could be the Duke. I said the Duke. Yeah, they he heard. Broke again. <laughs> they heard. Uh, this is the third in his Mistletoe series. So, Dear Universe, is anyone out there thinking no one is reading a blogger who calls herself LBH? Oh, I wish my mic was on. This sounds bad. Writes about her most personal feelings, especially her overwhelming loneliness. She goes from day to day showing a brave face to the world, while inside she longs to know how it would feel if one person cared about her. Oh. Alex Bartlett cares oh all right so a little christmas romance i think is in store for lbh and alex so richard paul evans fans need only wait until november 15th i don't usually start my christmas reading that early though i usually like post thanksgiving is the first time that i start so yeah that's very early yeah thank you listeners yeah tell them i said it's very early eric says that's very early man it's worse when you don't have a microphone uh, also, uh, while we're while we're talking Christmas, let's stick with it. Uh, a Christmas message by Ann Perry. Ann Perry uh, <laughs> writes Christmas stories every year. This is her fourteenth in her Christmas stories series. 
Uh, these are vaguely related to her primary series, like Thomas Pitt. This one uh, is the former boss of Thomas Pitt. So if you follow that series, these are set in that same time period, the early 1900s, and uh, sort of go with them, but you don't have to read the other ones to read these. These are basically standalones. So, A Christmas Message is Anne Perry's 14th novella in her festive series. Victor Naraway, Thomas Pitt's former boss, and his new wife, Vespa. Vespasia Vesper are I'm traveling like by train from Jaffa to Jerusalem. Although enjoying their time together and the interesting people they meet, Vespasia soon becomes concerned that someone is watching their every move. She always feels like somebody's watching her. Yeah, so it's a, yeah. She's got no privacy. You sure do have that Ooh. microphone back. Don't you? <laughs> I think I speak for everyone when I say welcome, welcome <laughs> back. You. Finally, uh, would you say Debbie McCumber then is the queen of Christmas? Oh boy. Maybe. I mean, who else if no, not Debbie McCumber? No, I don't think anybody else could take her place. You're right. So Danielle Steele hasn't gone in on the Christmas book. She yet. hasn't, but I'm glad you mentioned that because <gasps> new from Danielle Steele, oh, boy. the award. We're just giving her an award now? Yeah. <laughs> the award is an epic, emotionally oh. resonant tale stretching from World War II France to present-day Paris from one of our most gifted, beloved storytellers, Danielle Steele at her finest. So, Who's, Danielle who Steele. says that? Uh, Danielle Steele. Just kidding. No, this, <laughs> this, is, this is just the publisher's synopsis of this All book. Right. So this is coming out also November 1st, so you don't have to wait that long. Just a month. Uh, that's me, buddy. That's what I got. So you want to tell us what we have coming out, what, Tuesday? Tuesday the 4th? Tuesday means nothing to our listeners. That's why I said the 4th. Yes, it's October 4th. New Ju- books tend to come out on Tuesdays, everyone. That's true. October 4th, 2016. These books at your local library. Oh. And internet. Yeah. Your local internet. Yeah. Or brick and, brick and mortar bookstores. Yeah. I guess, yeah, we should shout out to all you brick and mortar bookstores. Yeah. You uh, Amazon brick and mortar bookstore in Seattle, I think. That's true, isn't it? There I is think they now. have the one. That's weird. Yeah. I think we talked about it yeah, that when it was strange. opening. That was a that was a strange moment. All right. This isn't a game. Is that? A Jackson that... Oliver Mystery oh, by David okay. Moss. Right. I scared I, you. Yeah, there. you did. Yeah. I thought suddenly. Uh, 12 Days of Christmas. A Christmas Novel by Debbie McCumber. Oh, boy. Queen of Christmas. Oh, boy. Here she is. So, a modern spin on Charles Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol. Oh, that's new. Nobody's done that yet. Uh, This holiday story proves that behind every Scrooge is a tender heart with a huge capacity for love. Sorry, I took a big drink of Coke and I couldn't respond. (laughs) You left me. (laughs) Accurately, but yeah, good for her. Mining the the seldom seldom seen, seldom uh, Mm -hmm. adapted uh, Charles Dickens. What was A Christmas, what was it? A Christmas Carol. A Christmas. That's Char- Charles right. Dickens. I wonder yeah, if there's going to be a scene. Never heard of it. And this this would be really bold in a new story. Okay, tell me. Where she's the characters being like brought around to yeah. see people they know, but they can't see that character. She okay, so she I can want, see them. I want to know can't. if there's going to be a wow. scene where they're like, "Wait, I'm here," and then the ghost she's with then, says something like, "Don't you know they can't yeah. see you?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." That'd be cool. Yes. So right, boy, boy that, we're that snarky. That's true. Our apologies to Danny <laughs> yeah. McCumber if, and her broad fan base. If we were a uh, early Hanna Barbera cartoon, yeah. that was on the same times as the Smurfs yeah. and the Snorks, yeah. we'd be the Snarks. Oh, <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, you would. That's great. Yeah. I will say I have read one Debbie McCumber Christmas book, and, and it was fine. Was da- it about a dog? Dashing through the snow? No, dashing through the snow. Okay. About two people, man and a woman. Okay. Both needed to get somewhere. Yeah. Only one rental car. What are they gonna do? I love it. I love they, the concept. They rode Man. together. How how do we not just making money off Christmas stories? It's so easy. That's true. 
But he, I haven't here even, we are, not rich. I haven't even sat down to look at what my Christmas reads this year are going to be. Although, I did pick up at a thrift store one CSI Miami novel with a Christmas theme. So that's definitely <laughs> definitely on yeah. the list. All right. Uh, let's see. Winter Storms by Ellen Hildebrand. Oh, that one probably too. So I've read the other ones in that series. Have you? Yeah. Is this the same person, or am I thinking of somebody else, who wrote uh, Unbroken? No, I don't think that's Ellen Hildebrand. Okay. I don't know who it is. I can look it up while you talk. All right. American Ulysses. Oh, this is a nonfiction. A Life of Ulysses S. Grant. Oh. Speaking of being in the room where it happens, yeah. Nick and I were in the room where J.A. Garfield met Ulysses S. Grant. That's true. We were. It was like being in a room with a celebrity. Yeah. You just had to go to J.A. Garfield's house and get right. there. Right. Yeah. Did I say J.A.? Yeah, you did. J.R. Garfield? It's Jag. Jag. James A. Garfield. Uh, Crosstalk by Connie Willis. Lauren Hillenbrand wrote Unbroken Hillenbrand. Okay. Laura, different. Uh, Connie Willis. I recognize that name. I almost feel like I've read something by her. Really? Yeah, Crosstalk. I have no idea who this is. She writes sci-fi books? Huh, interesting. Can you, can you uh, double check that for I, me? Yeah, I mean, I can I'd ask Roger, but... Oxford Time Travel. Yeah, she writes, she writes some time travel stuff and sci-fi. Okay. Connie Willis has a new book. Uh, let's see. Ooh, we have another nonfiction. Okay. I'm apparently not doing this in any type of no, uh, I love order. It. It's a mystery. My own words. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Interesting. Uh, you you'll have to explain to me who Ruth Bader Ginsburg is. Supreme Court judge. When? I I mean now. Right? Oh, in 1993, she still is. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon's Last Island by Thomas Kennelly. Spoiler alert: It's Waterloo. <laughs> a new historical novel set on the remote island of Saint Helena about the remarkable. Friendship oh, oh. between a young woman well, no. and now one I of history's stupid. most intriguing yeah. figures, Napoleon Bonaparte, during the final years of his life in exile. Yeah. Here's the thing yeah. I would like to get to the point in my life where I even have a last island. Yeah. Because to do that, you'd have to have islands before that. Previous island, yeah. yep. Like, no, this isn't my last island. Yeah. This is like my fifth island. Right. So I'm still living my day yeah, like my last island's coming up. Yeah. Uh, Something in the Blood, the untold story of Bram Stoker, the man who wrote Dracula Ooh, by David J. Skull. Timely. It's a groundbreaking biography revealing the haunting origins of the man who created Dracula and the traces of psychosexuality uh, contours of late Victorian society. Hold up. Yes, I said psychosexual contours okay, of late Victorian yeah, society. That's what I thought. Yes. Uh, I mean, you got vampires. Yeah. So it would be confusing back then. It sure would. Uh, let's see. Tana French. Just call yourself Tanya. Anyway, Tana French <laughs> has a book called The Trespasser, a novel. Being okay. on the murder squad is nothing like Detective Antoinette Conway dreamed it would be. Her partner, Stephen Moran, <laughs> is the only person who seems glad she's here. Uh, I've already lost interest. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> All right, last adult book, and then I got some young adult books. Okay. Two by Two by Nicholas Sparks. Oh, Nikki Sparks. Yeah, Two by Two, Hands of Blue. No, I'm yeah. kidding. That's Firefly. Oh. Let's uh, let's treat ourselves to a description of Two by Two. Oh boy, by Nicholas Sparks. I can't handle. All right. It. Okay. At 32, Russell Green has it all: a stunning wife, Ooh. a lovable six-year-old daughter, That's a successful great. career as an advertising executive with an expensive home in Charlotte. Well, if I know Nicholas Sparks, things are gonna keep going all right for this <laughs> yep. guy. He's living the dream, and his marriage to the bewitching Vivian is the center of that. Uh oh, but underneath. Probably never gonna end. No, it's but underneath the shiny surface of Wait. this perfect existence, Stop. fault lines are beginning to appear. Oh no. And no one is more surprised than Russ when he finds every aspect of his life he Russ. took for granted turned upside down. Oh no. Nick, in a matter of months, Russ finds himself without a job, without a wife. No! 
caring for his young daughter while struggling to adapt to the new and baffling reality. Oh, boy. Throw himself into the wilderness of single parenting. Russ embarks on a journey at once terrifying and rewarding, one that will test his abilities and emotional resources beyond anything he ever imagined. Boy, the movie version of this is going to feature him almost kissing someone. Yeah, it will. That's my right guess. on the cover. They're going to be... Just, all I have to say about this is, Russ, the key is communication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't let this stuff build up, Russ. Mm-mm. You got to... Right yeah. from the beginning. Seems like maybe something's a little yeah. off. Then you go to your yeah. wife and you ask her about it. Yeah. You yeah. don't let it... You, yeah. you have too much to lose, Russ. Yeah. You have everything in the world to lose. Yeah. I don't know. Would you say he has everything to gain? Yeah. <laughs> in, in making that initial... Yeah, sure. Right. Here we sure. got some uh, young adult book. We got uh, Ashes. He'll be okay, though, right? Russ? Yeah. Russ and the daughter? Yeah. Probably meet someone. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they will. Okay. You so, think he'll find someone? Yeah. Okay. I don't know Will who. someone also get along with the daughter, though? Because that seems kind of important. Do you think they will? I, yeah. I think she'll say something like, Dad, you don't have to worry about me. Okay. Take care... You, she, she'll take care of you. <sighs> mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay. So that's heartwarming. Yeah. He's like, How, when did you grow up so fast? What a roller coaster. Yeah. So, hmm. okay. What else? Ashes. This is part of the Seeds of America trilogy. This is book three of it. Uh, this started with uh, Chains and continued with Forge. This is by Laurie Hulse Anderson. Uh, okay. You'd probably recognize the books if you saw them. We have them in our uh, young adult collection. Hmm. It's set during the Revolutionary War. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. We've got Holding Up the Universe by Jennifer Niven. Uh, Jennifer Niven wrote a young adult book, and I can't remember. It's called All the Bright Places. That's a pretty big one right now. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it? I know the title. It's I got like the sticky notes on the cover with yes. like a bird and yes. a flower. So she's got a new book, Holding Up the Universe. You know who's also holding up the universe? Who? You and I doing hey. this podcast. Yeah, you're right. Uh, something Ooh. in Between, Melissa De La Cruz. I like the name. Thank you. I like saying it. Uh, she's written a whole bunch of books. I can't get into it all. Uh, can't or won't won't wow <laughs> uh, I don't know what this is about and okay. neither does this description okay but the tagline is only you can decide where you belong hmm. that's true. not true what oh you think that is true sure no where you belong yeah yeah you know where we don't belong where the center of the sun that's true that's <laughs> okay. true but you just decided that now didn't you oh you're right you yeah. know what you're you right. and I we belong in the sun no no <laughs> Last book I got, Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard, book two, The Hammer of Thor. Is this like a Thor sidekick, like a junior Thor? You wish. Situation? You wish. Oh, okay. uh, no, this is Rick Ryden. This is the oh, sequel sure. to his first book. Yeah. Um, I can't re- uh, remember what it is. The first book was called The Sword of Summer. Mm. So this is called The Hammer of Thor. Uh, the Magnus Chase book, the first one we got, yeah. not that popular. Really? Uh, I d- I'm sure in other places maybe it is, but... Um, we got another one by him called The Trials of Apollo, book, and this was the first book of a new series. Okay. And that one had a hold, had holds as soon as we got it. Really? And was checking out all the time. Magnus Chase, it didn't, and it just maybe, hasn't. Maybe people thought it was about Apollo Creed from Rocky. Maybe. Uh, I wonder if it's because people know that The Trials of Apollo center on Greek gods, mm. and so like that's what Rick Ryden has done before, whereas Magnus Chase is Norse mythology. And maybe the kids just aren't crazy about yeah, it. Yeah, the kids are like, Norse, oh man. <laughs> That's probably what it yeah. is. Leave Thor in the Marvel movies. Yeah. I don't need him in my Rick Ryan and yeah. fat and fiction. Wow, <laughs> I said those, fan fiction. Those kids. Those kids are nerds. They are. Get outside, but, kids. But they know what they want. That's true. So you can't fault them for that. No, no, no. Uh, hey, while we're on this roll of energy provided by the sweet taste of Coca-Cola goodness. Again, we're not getting a dime for this. No, we're not. Okay. But it is. Cost me it about is, 250 It is fizzy. Yeah. It, it has a bite. Oh, no. It makes my teeth feel like they're falling out. <laughs> it's awesome. 
Yeah, I've been using mine to dissolve a nail. Yeah, I actually think I had some stuff inside my teeth, like nerves. Really? But this got through to it. Just killed them. Got through to the teeth, got That's into the so nerves. Great. Yeah, it was really painful for a while. I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the New York Times bestsellers list. I would love to. Do you want to know what's uh, the top 10? Yeah. Do you want to know what is number 15 and 14? I don't think so. All right. Well, I'll just leave it to your imagination then. Okay. But number 15 is all the light we cannot see. Darn it! No. I'll stop then. Okay. But, and uh, number 14, The Nightingale don't, by Chris and Hannah. Don't say it! Oh. Look how far away they are. They haven't been on the top 10 in a while, I feel like. Uh, 14, 15 is still pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If you like getting whatever the color is for 14 and 15. Like gold, silver, bronze. And then you keep going. Yes. Zinc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right what's all right. number 10 oh palladium <laughs> again <laughs> every year <laughs> Sorry. oh boy all right number 10 on the new york times bestsellers list yeah this is i better make sure i'm not on the combined because you hate that i do the combined e- if you looked at the combined it's a uh, girl on the train yeah that book's never going away no it's not maybe it will this is hardcover fiction though okay uh number 10 on hardcover fiction list apprentice in death J.D. Robb. Still holding in there. Yeah, it uh, has been here for three weeks. We yeah. got number nine is that's Nutshell by Anne McEwen. Uh, this is the one that's about a fetus in utero who overhears right. his mother plotting with his uncle to kill his father. That is such a crazy friend. I gotta get out of here! Yeah. I gotta warn Dad! <laughs> Let me out! <laughs> oh, the baby's kicking. Ah! I know. I'll kick in Morse code. <laughs> Dad! She's yeah. killing! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> Pulling on the umbilical number cord. Nine, no, number nine. Yeah. No. Number eight, uh, two weeks on this list, Pirate by Clive Cussler. Hey, hey. What, what was that? That's Clive Cussler. It sounded like your uh, sitcom. Himself. Like every time you, your character walks into a house in sitcom. And I, that's my yeah, catchphrase. Yeah, you're just hey, like, hey, hey. hey. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's Nick. It's not a bad one. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's simple. It is simple. It's catchy. You remember it. Yeah. You know. I'd want to go into a house after watching that and be yeah. like, hey, hey, I'm yeah. back. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Ooh, it's new. The Kept Woman by Nick's favorite writer, Karen Slaughter. No, I don't like Karen One would Slaughter. say she's slaughtering the sales chart. Yeah. I think you'd have to almost. Yeah. Ooh, number six, new this week. Thrice the Brinded Cat Hath Meowed. What? Oh, that was... The 12-year-old detective, Flava de los, returning oh home gosh. to... And this, this had to be a mistake. This is ridiculous. I, Who's the author? Alan Bradley. What? Yeah. That I'll read the title. That was nonsensical. Yeah. Thrice the brinded cat hath meowed. Oh, my gosh. Mewed. Ooh, thrice the brinded cat hath mewed. Brinded? B-R-I-N-D-E-D. Brinded. Okay. Maybe it's brinded. Thrice the brinded cat hath mewed. Crazy. How many times can I say? Ah, uh, okay. Yes, what? I know what these are. Okay, what are they? Well, they're just kooky mystery novels. All right. Very well, popular. Number six. So, yeah, that doesn't uh, me. number five is Razor Girl by Carl Hyacin. Number four. Ooh, it's gone up. The Woman in Cabin 10. Ruth Ware. Uh-oh. I, yeah, uh, okay. Travel writer on a cruise is certain she heard a body thrown overboard, but no one believes her. I don't want to cause trouble, but it's my civic duty to yes, report ma'am. this. Yes, ma'am. Report. Listen, I know what you're going to say. Okay. But I heard this sound, and right. please don't dismiss this. Oh, sure, ma'am. Because I'm a very reasoned and calm person. Yeah, as the captain, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen. Sure that it was a body! <laughs> Someone's out there! I heard it all the way from cabin 10. Ma'am? Yes. I need you to go back to cabin 10. Ah! It's just the, it's just the cabin 10. <laughs> 
Proceed. Okay, <laughs> number three. Yeah. Uh, the Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead. You gave that book seven stars out of three. No. I believe. No. I think I gave it three stars out of five. Oh. Ooh, boy. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. kind of a... Yeah. It was kind of a what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, Commonwealth by Anne Patchett. Mm-hmm. And she does patch it. Again, <laughs> sorry. Number I one. I wanted to be there for you, but... <laughs> Number one. Okay. Home by Harlan Coben. Oh, okay. Uh, Myron Bolitar and his yeah. friend Wynn locate a boy who was kidnapped 10 years earlier. The 11th Myron Baltar novel. Hmm. Uh, Myron Baltar, some of you might remember, was the evil doctor on Battlestar Galactica. No, that's Gaius Baltar. I is what I said. Myron Bolitar. Myron, Myron Bolitar is the character from right. Harlan Coben. He could Coben. see the blonde nope. Cylon, nope. and no one else could see Gaius her. Baltar. And he, he ran for president one Gaius time. Gaius Baltar. Do you I, remember the all, election yeah. one? That's all Gaius He blows Baltar, up the ship. Though. He's not a sports yeah, agent he surrenders. at all. He's Who not are we talking about? <laughs> okay. That's it, man. That was number one. It's huh. new this week. Harlan Coben. You like Harlan Coben? Yes or no? Um, I read one of his standalones called Miracle Cure, and I thought it was really good. We read the first uh, Myron Balatar for a book club, and I thought it was really bad. So ah. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I don't feel compelled to read his books. Did you see the guy uh, who played Myron Balatar on Battlestar Galactica it was also in that show Alphas? Gaius Baltar. Who are we no, talking I about didn't. now? <laughs> no, I didn't. So you've never watched Alphas? No, I haven't, actually. All right, by Harlan Coben. D- different. <laughs> totally different. This is hilarious. It is. I'm having a good time. Yeah. No, not me. I mean, I was, but... What? That was long ago. <laughs> when? <laughs> uh, that was mean. No, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, he's he's, a, he's got a YA series, you know, a spinoff of that. Harlan Coben? Yeah, he's got a... Kids love it. I know. When adults take their adult mystery series yeah. and make young adult series yeah. for them. They just, they go crazy yeah. about it. It's a kitty. So, yeah. Kitty, kitty version. It's a pup named Myron Balatar. It's <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's Mickey Balatar. Mickey Balatar. Mickey Balatar. I know we have. Does he talk like a pup named Scooby-Doo, though? No, he doesn't. When they're like, we just solved this drug You're ring. Like, hey, and he's hey. like, he's just like, rugs? I hate rugs. Yeah. That's why it hasn't found a... a of audience because it's yeah. just so weird. Yeah. But. What was th- what was that? Uh... Oh, we saw a pair of uh, Scooby Doo pajama pants mm-hmm. that said "Trick or Treat." Yeah, but they spelt it out exactly how Scooby, Scooby would say it, so yeah. it said "Rick or Reet." Yeah, available at your local Kmart. Yeah. By the way, I mean that's phonetically correct. It is true. It, it would be what, like "Rick or Reet." What Scooby Doo would say? Yeah. Sure. How well, much does Alexander McCall Smith remind you of John Lithgow? Look wise, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I could see it. Do you think McCall Smith likes Third Rock from the Sun? I who doesn't? I, oh yeah, my I wife. Mean, if he had, is that true? Yes. Weirdo. It's a problem. We've been in therapy Weirdo. about it. Have you? Yeah. I hope that's true. I I just came in like she doesn't like Third Rock from the Sun, and the, the doctor's just like, I can't help you. I'll have to refer you to someone else. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we're not welcoming John Lithgow to the. Uh, but we would. To be fair, we always are welcoming that's John true. Lithgow. Anytime John Lithgow wants to come to the library for any anything. official overtures towards yeah. him. But. Just please don't bring Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. We don't want that. You can bring French Stewart, yeah. but he has to have his eyes <laughs> yeah, closed yeah. the whole time. <laughs> French Stewart can come. So, Ooh, But here's who we are bringing, folks. Uh-huh. And this is not a drill. Who, who's the woman who played Sally? This is not a joke. Christian Johnson. This is not she, a drill. This is not a drill. This is real. Okay. Alexander McCall Smith is coming to the David A. Howe Public Library. <laughs> now, this is extra special. That was a spit take. Extra cool because mm-hmm. he He's lives 68 in, years old. He lives in Scotland. He's going to be in the U.S. for a very brief time. Yeah. He's doing nine stops on a book tour. Jo- only nine. Uh-huh. And one of the nine is here at the David A. Howe Public Library. So we're one of nine. One of nine. One so could say we're rare. on cloud nine. Yeah. 
So he's uh, in part this tour is to support his new book coming out, uh, Precious and Grace, which I believe is book seventeen in the number one ladies detective. Not agency. the collection one, the one that had all those Chan- chance encounters. Well, I thought that was his newest. Well, yeah, it is as of right now. But the I think the eleventh, maybe next week, is when uh, the next number one ladies detective agency comes wow. out. So. Yeah, so he's yeah. while he's here, he's going to be doing a, a talk and a reading and everything. We'll get into all that. I'm First, so glad to see that she finally did become the detective she always wanted to be. She as a did, kid. yeah, she did. So, so we're gonna we're gonna dig into that a little bit. But uh-huh. let, let me give you a little background on how. First of all how this happened, that we have Alexander McCall Smith. So sure. last year, we welcomed Joyce Carol Oates. Those of you who listened to the podcast from the beginning know that mm. because we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Joyce Carol Oates uh, is, had some roots in this area, so we were able to uh, like get her to end. come. I, know we, I, I wrote her a letter, a personal letter, and I, we talked to her agency. And we got uh, Luckily, we had sponsors, the Friends of the Library and Houghton College, jumped at the chance to help us do this, and so we made it happen, and it was great. She had a nice time. Everything went well. She told her agency that, and so they were game to like send us somebody else. So we started talking about who should we have next almost a year ago. We've been doing this. Uh, and Alexander McCall Smith came to the top of the list because he's um, a prolific writer. Yeah. Uh, we have almost all, well, probably not almost all, but his main series we have here the library and they're super popular. They're always, they're always going in and yeah. out. They really are the uh, number one ladies detective agency that's right. in the books. So when, when that became an option, we, I mean, the first thing I did was go back to our sponsors from last year, Houghton College and the Friends, and they jumped at it again. So I want to give them a lot of credit for this because we certainly could not do this without the Friends of the Library. Uh, but the Friends of the Library are already dedicated to us, and they're, they're already constantly supporting our program. Right. So I want to give a real special thanks to Houghton College because they see the value of this for their students, certainly, but for the whole community. Um, at large and are, are willing to support this financially. So, again, we couldn't do it without them, so I want to make sure everybody knows uh, how, just how thankful we are to do that. So, here's what's happening. October 20th, 2016, Alexander McCall Smith will be in the auditorium here at 7 o'clock. Uh, you don't need tickets or anything. It's a free talk. You can come and, and listen to him. He's going to do some reading. He's going to take some questions from the audience for about an hour. Right after that, he's going to stay for a reception. That is ticketed. So to come to the talk is free. If you want to meet him at the reception afterwards, that's a $35 ticket. And what that includes, go ahead. I was going to say, if you want to meet cute him, yeah. that's up to you bumping into him at right. the bank, maybe like asking him for a pen yeah. and him like reaching for a pen, but yeah. then he realizes all he didn't he have a have pen. And yeah. He has to get later, one. You go on Craigslist as yeah. like a, a, a chance meet up and say, hey, if you were the one looking for a pen in yeah. the community bank, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So Craigslist is dangerous, though. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't try to find no, Alexander McCall no, Smith on Craigslist. If someone on Craigslist says he's Alexander McCall Smith, <laughs> he's lying. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He's gonna murder you. So anyway, if you want tickets for the reception, thirty-five dollars. That includes a reserved seat in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's catered by the Country Club. They did mm-hmm. a great job last year. Mm-hmm. Live music from Houghton College and a book signing. You can yeah. bring your own books, or you can buy a book from Burlingham Books. They'll be yeah. set up here yeah. on the night up. You can buy tickets at the front desk. Yeah. And we so, had a line for JCO with the uh, we the did. book signing. Oh yeah. Yeah. We we sell we sold out of the tickets, right? We did. It was yeah, it was a big deal. And it was like she she was there for an hour signing, yeah. and it was like the last person came through just at an hour. Yeah. So it was really like we couldn't yeah. have done any more if we wanted to. Yeah. It was it was, and people were buying lots of books there oh, too. Yeah. As soon as she was done talking, you could just see like that yeah, table of books like just rush. slowly breaking <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. <clears throat> so all all that's happening again, pretty similar to what we did last year. Only this time it'll be Alexander McCall Smith. Yeah. So he's going to be talking about Joyce Carol Oates' childhood pet chicken. <laughs> no, not really. That's no. not true. He'll be talking about his pet bagpipe. <laughs> yeah, maybe? he will. Yeah, he's gonna, he's do you think he plays the, the bagpipe? bagpipe? I mean, I think he has to. 
Yeah. Right? Isn't that part of the rules? I, I'm not sure of Scottish law. No, I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not an expert. So today we're going to talk a little bit about his background. So Eric, let me ask you this question. Sure. Before... How old is he? No. He's 68 years no. old. Oh. And answer this truthfully. Before we booked Alexander McCall Smith, how aware of him were you? The number one ladies detective agency books, yeah. uh, when I was working at my other job in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, yeah. were always coming through. Okay. And it wasn't just the new ones. It was just a constant stream of them. So yeah. I've, I've seen the name many times. Good. Yeah. Um, not so much the kids stuff that no. we found out, but the, the ladies agency one yeah. was crazy. It was just like every day there were like 20 of them coming yeah. through the book drop. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, for me, it's the same way. I hadn't, I hadn't read them before right. uh, last year, but I always knew of them. Those in 44 Scotland Street were the ones that I, number one ladies detective agency in 44 Scotland Street. I was aware of the HBO series mm-hmm. based on number one ladies detective agency, but yeah. I hadn't seen it, which yeah. we do have in our collection. So if you want to check that out. Yeah. It's only uh, one season. The visit. Yeah. HBO didn't continue one. it, but no, just the one. Yeah. It was well received. It's though. checked out. I think like, it's as good, soon yeah. as it's back, it goes right back out. Yeah. So we both had sort of a similar experience in that we just knew of him mm-hmm. because of his popularity, right. but hadn't really like right. dug in. Right. Um, right. So let's let's talk. Do you have his stuff up there? Yeah, uh, he's sixty-eight years old. Okay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to know, man? Uh, I want to know, like, t- tell us his main series. His main series is number one ladies detective agency. Well, yes. Man. Yeah. What else we got? What else do we got? Yeah. Well, like you said, it's seventeen books for number one ladies. Mm-hmm. It's uh, ooh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm not. It's Eric about twelve or so. Time. Forty-four Scotland series. Mm-hmm. He's also got the Sunday Philosophy Club. Yep. Also known as the Isabel Dalhouse Mysteries. Yep. It's another one that's like 12 books. You got the Corduroy Mansions, uh, Professor D. Von Engelfield Entertainments, uh, and some other ones. And then you got some shorts, basically. anthologies. You got a lot of children's books. Yeah. You got a, a children's series in Akimbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one being Akimbo and the Lions. Yeah. You got his Harriet Bean ones, which I have heard of before. You got Max and Maddie. You got the Young Precious. Uh, Mamatswe, which is a prequel series mm-hmm. to the number one ladies detective agency. Yeah. And then you have a whole bunch of academic texts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so it looks like currently his According series... to Wikipedia, you could also follow the see also white people in Zimbabwe. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, his main series, I would say probably number one ladies detective agency in 44 Scotland. They're the longest. Mm-hmm. But those two and the uh, Sunday Philosophy Club series are still... Uh, active I yeah mean, he's still publishing those semi-regularly last uh, philosophy club was 2015 last 44 scotland was this year now i i haven't i haven't read any of the 44 scotland street series i know uh, my father-in-law that's his favorite of mm-hmm. the series he, he really enjoys those uh, and my wife read the first of the sunday philosophy club series but i, I, I didn't realize that emma was so recent that came out in 2015 yeah it's, well, it's i thought ongoing. it was like a 90s book no no it's ongoing it's uh, that it that's part of the Jane Austen series as okay. I mentioned. I think four of them, four of six, have right. been published so far. So no, it's ongoing. That's relatively new. All right. So he's um, he was. I don't know how you would say this, but he he was sort of knighted, right? The, he's he's got a CBE, which is a Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, mm. was bestowed on him, uh, along with several other awards. Let me tell you some of the awards he's got. Okay, he's a recipient of numerous awards, including the Crime Writers Association's Dagger in the Library Award, the United Kingdom's Author of the Year Award in two thousand four. The Saga Award for Wit, Sweden's Martin Beck Award, mm. and the Bollinger Everyman Woodhouse Prize for Comic Fiction, and that was just last year, 2015. Uh, he was 
made CBE in 2007 for his services to literature in the Queen's New Year's Honor List. Hmm. He also holds honorary doctorates from 12 universities, most recently from Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Yep. And in 2010, McCall Smith was awarded the Presidential Order of Merit by the president of Botswana. Oh. So when I think of him, I tend to go right to number one ladies detective agency. Yeah. Well, some people think of uh, amateur bassoonist. Oh, do they? When they think of him. Yes. Like, oh, yes, of course, that Alexander McCall Smith. He's the amateur bassoonist. Bassoonist, That's yeah. real. That's a fact. And I'd always sort of assumed that number one ladies was his first, like, that was it. That's That was his start. Mm-hmm. But when you look a little closer, I mean, obviously he was writing um, academic texts. Yeah. His background is really interesting. He's a doctorate in medical law. Bio, biomedicine. Yeah. Uh, biomedical, uh, what, what does this one say? It says, became a respected expert on medical law and bioethics. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's a it's an atypical yeah. background, it especially like him considering and, uh, the types he Crichton writes. should have hung out. That's right. Yeah, <gasps> that'd be so cool. The number one ladies detective agency maybe in Jurassic Park. Maybe they'll be like a, a Nixon Carver sure, uh, reimagination yeah. these of these two, two authors someday meet. Getting together and You know, out. Alexander, sometimes my hemorrhoid is acting up like crazy. <laughs> I know how you feel, Michael. <laughs> if you haven't heard the Nixon Carver episode, that's a little commercial for it. So what do we call it? The, the House the Rabbit's Phlebitis. That's yeah. number five? Yeah. yeah. Go back in the backlog. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was born in what was then Rhodesia, which is now known as Zimbabwe, and grew up there, went back there later in life. So he has real hands-on experience with Africa, uh, which is why I think some of his um, number one latest detective agency series in particular is praised for its its accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it, uh, the way it represents... Uh, life there. So I'm, anyway, I'm no expert, yes. but I can tell you in the game of risk, Africa is both challenging and rewarding to control mm. the complete in the, continent. In the board game. In the board game of risk. Yes, okay. if you have it's hard because you're being you there's so many ways to attack. Yeah. But it it has its benefits. Sure. You just cruise through South America and then you get up to North America through the yeah. South and yeah. you can only I protect always, it. I always feel like Australia is the way to go because you can oh, get the whole yeah. thing. But My favorite, and call. this this is putting it out there, but my favorite, I always like to start by getting as much of Europe as I can hmm. and just trying to like... Just keep going. Because it gives you five soldiers every... You and Alexander McGr- the Great, I think, felt uh, strongly. <laughs> yeah. But All right, continue. Anyway, where was I going? <laughs> uh, anyway... So all of that to say, I thought the number one ladies detective agency is what launched him onto the scene, but, but it wasn't. wasn't. He it was, was writing, bioethics. He was writing, yeah, he was writing academic texts yeah. as early as the seventies. Yeah. Thou uh, shalt not clone sheep and stuff. And then really sort of got into fiction when he won a competition, a literature competition for a children's novel. And before he published number one ladies detective agency, he published the white say, hippo. Yeah, ten That's... or fifteen juvenile books. Yeah, and then number one ladies detective agency came and hit pretty big pretty yeah. early. Uh, has and has remained just a perennial bestseller, mm-hmm. and uh, they're almost published annually. I think he's no, it looks like he hasn't missed a year. Yeah, it was only at the beginning, really. Yeah, when he was first starting out. So it's interesting that his background is in, well, first I mean all the medical and bioethics yeah. and stuff, and then sort of made his debut as a children's author before turning to what he's now you know, overwhelmingly known for would be these uh, number one ladies, Forty Fourth Scotland Street, and yeah. others. You know what? You're my number one lady. Hey, thank you. No problem. Let's talk about his children's novels for a little okay. bit, since, since <laughs> that's the first. Uh, what What was the first one you read? I read Akimbo and the Lions. Okay. This came out in 1992. Okay, so this that's pretty early. Akimbo and his father. Okay. His father's a park ranger. Uh-huh. His father needs to go... Set, are they set in Africa? Yes. Okay. The father has to go stop a lion from attacking a farmer's uh, cattle, I believe it was. Okay. Um... And so he gets there, and it's a lioness, and they scare it off and everything. But then they realize the lioness left behind 
its cub. Oh. And so Akimbo raises the lion, names it Simba, because Simba means lion. Hmm. So you can tell Lion King worked really yeah, hard. Yeah, they did. Speaking hard of, did name. you see they're making a live action, if you can call it that, Lion King? Really? And I feel like they already did that in the Jungle Book. Right. So yeah. it's going to be weird. That Bad idea, weird. I think. Anyway, uh, and so he has to raise this, uh, he raises the cub, it becomes a lion, and then he has to let the lion go. Hmm. So it's really just a, uh, a younger retelling of uh, that movie you like with Cary Grant. Bringing up baby. It's just bringing up baby. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Kimbo <laughs> yeah, was bringing up sure. baby. So it looks like it's a five book series. Did it? Did it feel like it was meant to be a series? Or did... No, it's very standalone. I was going to say the story yeah. you described sounds like. So does yeah. he age? Does he go through his whole? I mean, how many years is the this lion book ages? Well, sure, but not the boy. Crazy. It's, it's very quick. Okay. Uh, it's a very quick read. Like he, as soon as he finds the lion, he raises the lion. As soon as the lion is like bigger, they get, have to let it go. This is pretty early in his career. Yeah, he only had a few others before that. Yeah. So what did you? What's the takeaway? Did you? Did it you remind like me it? of a book I liked as a kid called The Enormous Egg. Hmm. Um, so I liked it. I mean, Strength, I only just read strengths, it. weaknesses. What do you think? Uh, it was just to the point. Okay. You know, I, I'm not sure what the age level is for that. Uh, I'd have to like look it up um, because it's young. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, it's not. Even I wouldn't even put it in juvenile. Really? Um, okay. So you'd say like eight? Maybe. I guess second grade okay. is the level I'm thinking. Right. Uh, so, very quick. It's only like 70 pages. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just not that much story. Uh, there's no like character growth. Okay. Hmm. So, but uh, The Enormous Egg, that's a great book too. Not by out. Alexander. No, no, no. It's, it's about a, uh, a boy who, a chicken lays an enormous egg, but it turns <laughs> out to have a dinosaur in it. It's a triceratops. The uh, oh really? Yeah, wow. I was so excited. No As a wonder, kid, I'm like, no the egg was a that. dinosaur. Yeah. He's continuing to publish children's books with with a new mm-hmm. one. He hadn't in a little while, actually. It looks like, but um, 2013 was the last one. Yeah, no, uh, school's ship. Yeah, that's the one that's just we. That's not even in yet. Like we've ordered it. Mm-hmm. It's not here yet. School ship Tob Tobermory looks like. Sure. The first that I'd read of his I think children's those are... books was Harriet Bean. Yeah. You said you'd heard of these before. I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Harriet Bean came out in 1993, 1990, They've been around. Yeah. I, it, it, was, it sounded familiar to me, but when I read it, no, I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it. So uh, that one also, I would probably push it a little older than you would say for Akimbo and the Lions. This is about a girl. The first one is the Five Lost Ants of Harriet Bean, where she finds out her dad has sisters, and they were separated as uh, children. And so she wants to, like, track down the ants, and that's the plot of that. Very, like you said, very simplistic, very quick-moving. It takes no time to, to look these to find these ants. I think that, um, you know, each ant is, is kind of a extreme character. So I, I think it would probably be pretty appealing to kids. Um, young and old? Yeah, young and old. I didn't love it just because I thought it was a little too simple. Even for a kid's book, I felt like it was a little simple. All right. But I could see the appeal. Sure. Um, and that, that had just the three. I'll tell you, uh, the, the kid's book that I really liked was... Um, what is that called? The Great Cake Mystery. Yep. That's a... Uh, I read it. So You did. Okay, the Young so, Precious books. Yes. So this is like... I mean, I guess you could call them like prequels to the number one ladies detective <laughs> agency. They follow Precious Vermont's way as a okay. child. It's uh, kind of like when you would get a, uh, a board game like Clue Jr. Clue Jr. Or a Monopoly yeah. Jr. Yeah. You know, it's like the same thing right. kind of. Right. But yeah, very... It's, it's, it's essentially it's the Muppet Babies. Yeah. That's you know, what you got The Muppet here. Babies are the number one ladies detective really agency. like... I don't know. I, I didn't really felt like it tracked with the with the precious that you know from from sure. the series because yeah. it talks about her childhood a little bit. She swore a lot more um, in the kids. She book. did. Yeah. <laughs> no. So you know, I think I think if you're 
a fan of the number one ladies detective agency, I wouldn't say, oh, go back and read those because I, yeah. I think it's a very different experience. But yeah. I found um, out of all of the McCall Smith books that I read, as I said <laughs> earlier, I feel like his style is very old fashioned, and that, yeah. that's not a put down. I think that's I think he would say yes, it is. You know, is uh, it a get down? No. I just think that's that's his that's his wheelhouse. You yeah. know, he writes in sort of that classic uh, style. Where I felt like the Young Precious book was actually felt a lot more like what I would expect from a modern hmm. kids book. You didn't think so? Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It does feel okay. like a kids book. And Adam one also read Young to me because he, oh, yeah. he talks to the audience too. He's like, "Don't you know somebody who likes figuring things out?" I'm like, "I guess." Yeah. Just, just tell me what's happening. Right. Calm down. Don't bring me into this. I think what really did it, though, was the illustrations because they weren't... They're pretty good. Yeah. And they were... Uh, they're, they're, they're simple. <clears throat> yeah. Simple uh, co- color palette of like reds and browns, blacks. Yeah. But it, um, it it felt like, you know, like a current TV show even, how they're yeah. sort of like, oh, look at this, and sort of zooms in. And there's arrows pointing to things. Yeah. And, uh, the way it would sort of spell out... Because they're all African names and some of them are hard to pronounce. Yeah. Yeah. He would put that out there. I thought it was really well done. I don't really know like who I would recommend that to. A child. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> age group. It's sort of hard to to decide. Yeah, to, again, but... I'm 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 thinking like the second grade. Yeah, uh, I think... bracket. I mean, I guess I take back what I said. If you're a fan of the number one ladies detective agency, it'll take you like 20 minutes to read one of these. Yeah, that's true. so check it out yeah. and see what you think. It could because... be a number one ladies detective agency bookshot. Really and I read yes exactly and I read a little bit uh, about why he did this it, I thought it was kind of fascinating because he got his start in children's books and then you know went on to do all this other stuff and hasn't really like focused on children's books in the last say 20 years mm-hmm. um, and so then to go back and take his his most prominent character from like the new era and write it in a style that in which he started I could see that as being a really like I don't know maybe even a challenging thing to sit down and do but mm. In an interview I read with him about this, um, he said that he found that the number one ladies detective agency had fans sort of across the ages. You know, kids and parents mm. and grandparents would all read them together and, and share them back and forth. That surprises me because that I, surprise I me. wouldn't say that about that series. Really? But, yeah. but apparently he, he liked that and thought, well, Precious would be an interesting character young, so let's do it. So he, he wrote four of those and it kind of seems like it, that's it. That is just going to be the four. But um, I, th- I think they are sort of a good entry uh, for kids because they it's a different culture, so that's neat. I mean, the, his, his writing, uh, while these feel a little bit more modern, it does sort of stay true to his, to his overall style. So I think it'd be an interesting book. You know, if you're a parent who likes the number one ladies and, you know, you have a, a child who wants to read these younger ones, I think that could be an interesting mm-hmm. uh, way to do that, discuss those. But... Uh, I was kind of impressed with it, just because I, I, I thought even the five, five lost ants of Harriet Bean felt a little like old fashioned to me, but this one really I thought was modern. Yeah. So did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, for, I mean it wasn't book. gonna be, it wasn't like pulling me in. I was no, like, I know, but I mean, who's eating this cake? Yeah, is it the kid? If it's this kid and he's pretending like he didn't <laughs> do it, that's just wrong. Yeah. So what could you see recommending it to kids yeah. coming in? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, it's somebody's simple. like, I want a detective book. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so we also got the A to Z mysteries. Right. So maybe that's what I should do. I should read an A to Z mystery and then compare them. And decide, yeah, yeah which one is better. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first of his books that I read probably still is my favorite. And for some of the same reasons that I, what I just said about um, this other one here. Because uh, I found it to be 
modern. You know, it felt it felt very different from what I then you know went on to read later. But that was called Trains and Lovers, and you'll see if you if you look at his his output, uh, they tend to be grouped in series. He doesn't do a lot of standalone books. So this is why I picked this one up originally because it was just kind of out there on its own. We had it in the collection, and uh, I like the title, Trains and Lovers. It sounded interesting to me. So I picked that up, and what this is about is basically just a short commute. It's a quick read. Short commute, I think, from uh, London to, I don't know, somewhere in Ireland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dublin? And it's, it's just these three characters uh, sort of in this section together, and they get to talking about their lives. So you follow each story, and then it sort of comes back. The the train sort of serves as a frame device. Okay. You know, you start on the train, they're chatting. You go into someone's story, and you sort of come back out. The characters discuss it. You go into another story, come back out. Uh, that's hmm. I think that's kind of a challenging thing to do. I think it can be done very clumsily, where you feel like, well, I don't care about this. Get back to the other thing. Right. But I thought that these each, I thought they sort of were, were interwoven well, and I liked each story. And it was one that, um, at least one of the stories in there, I would have liked to have seen, like expanded to a full novel because right. I just, I was intrigued by it. So right. I was impressed with that one to start. And I, it's funny because, you know, when people ask me, well, which one do you like? And I say that McCall Smith fans seem to not know what that is. So mm -hmm. I think I picked kind of an obscure one to start mm -hmm. with, not intentionally, but that's the way it goes. Was so. this a prequel to Trains, Planes, and Automobiles? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Steve Martin's character oh, yeah. in it. But um, So I would recommend that one. I think if you, if you are not a McCall Smith fan and want just something that's not a long series or anything, I think that's a good one. If you... Uh, if you've tried McCall Smith, say you've tried Number One Ladies Detective Agency or 44 Scotland, mm -hmm. didn't like it, right. I would say try Trains and Lovers because yeah. it it still is a good representation of his writing, but it, it it's a kind of a different... His approach is different, yeah. and so I think it appeals uh, very differently than the other ones do. Okay. So uh, I think that's a good one to go to. Right. Um, I also really liked... I think we, we talked about this a little bit, so you'll recall, but Chance Developments. Do you remember that one? No. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one with the pictures. Nope. He takes five historical pictures. Okay. It's a new one. Anyway. Uh huh. It's. it's I'm it's, nodding in compliance. <laughs> okay. It's the latest one uh, to be published. The new number one ladies detective agency one will knock it out as the most recent. But okay. This came out uh, a little earlier this year, and this is where he he wrote. Uh, I think he wrote a foreword to some collection of lost photos. Just like we don't know who's in this picture or what it is. You know, take a look. And he was fascinated by that chose five of the um, pictures and then used that picture to write a story. So it's interesting because some of them I just like really disagreed with. You know, like you see the picture and you you have in your mind what it is and mm -hmm. in the story it's like, well, I don't see how you got that at all. I don't mm. see how you took that picture to like write this story. <sighs> so it was funny. I was kind of on the fence because uh, some it was just so far away from what I... What I expected from the picture, it was hard to even see. Mm. But I really like the concept of it. I think that's an yeah. interesting way to uh, approach something like that. Um, and, it, and it is, it is. Um, I find most of his books tend to be segmented. Was Akimbo like that at all? Would you say I it was mean, just a straight narrative? Yes, but by chapters. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the lion, the raising the line okay lying at school okay but it did it did it feel like i guess what i'm trying to get at is even number one ladies detective agency i wouldn't say that the timeline was regular okay it was a regular timeline. okay see number one ladies detective agency it, i mean it's a linear timeline but there's not really a big overarching 
thing happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like each each section is sort of standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Chance Developments, obviously, and Trains and Lovers as well, really sort of spoke to that because it was segmented by, we're going to talk about this now, we're going to talk about this now. Okay. So um, that was one of the things I liked about the, the young one, the, the cake mystery one, is because it was a long mm. linear story. It wasn't broken up. And right. Emma's the same way, but it's, it's following a pattern set by Jane Austen. So <laughs> obviously it would be. Have you read any of his short stories? No. I know he has some, like, he does all across some. the ages. He does have some kid ones. Yeah. Um, uh, I couldn't tell you which one. Maybe I could. Uh, something about hamburgers. Yeah, you're right. It is I something about hamburgers. But the anyway. perfect hamburger? That came out in the 80s. That doesn't seem right. But it must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, his, his adult books, uh, he, he has quite a few collections of short stories. I've read a few out of Heavenly Date and other flirtations, and that those were all sort of around, like, romance. Okay. Um, and that was, that one didn't click for me. I like some of the stories more than others, but, and when you look at the reviews, that's sort of people are like, well, this is weird, this is atypical, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that was an interesting one, to say the least. I mean, it it was, because it was just such a variety, I right. you know. It wasn't all set in the same time frame, that the characters were all completely different. It really, the only thing that connected those stories that they were all sort of about, like making that, like a romantic connection. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, a good, a good frame for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find, have, have you seen, have you seen them move in the, like in the kids' room at all? Do you think that the, his kids' books remain popular? Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You can say no. <laughs> here, I haven't seen it so much. Okay. Um, you know, I, I didn't even know we had, like, the Akimbo books mm-hmm. until Reddit. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, kids don't. I don't know if adults are reading them and then, you yeah. know, bringing the kids' stuff in. So, yeah. It seems like that's the thing you would do. Right. Like, oh, I, I feel like did. that's that's true of a lot of different things. Well, like you sort of were joking about before, take like Grisham's Theodore Boone. Like yeah. are kids reading that, or are Grisham adult Grisham fans right. finding Buying it, it for because kids, they're yeah. like the latest, or or yeah, yeah, are trying to get their kids to read. I've them. seen those young lawyer books. Check out. Have you? But Theodore not Boone. compared to you know other books. Yeah, like the kids. It's not the same level of the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if, and I'm pretty sure those kids aren't like, oh, John Grisham, he's right down to my level. Sick. <laughs> so, well, let me let me read to you a few of the um, a few reviews of, of McCall Smith's work, so you get a. a I sense couldn't of, stop you if I tried. Some other, no, you couldn't. You Wait, couldn't. do you think I should try? No, I'll kill you. That's kind of kind of the point of what we're doing here. Oh, all right. <laughs> so this is from the Richmond Times Dispatch. McCall Smith. Who are they? Is the piece <laughs> the Dispatch from Richmond? Oh, okay. McCall Smith is the PG Woodhouse of our time, and oh. we should be grateful for his oh prolificity. I don't think I've ever seen that word before. <laughs> I get it, but uh, Washington Times had this to say: "Whimsical McCall Smith specializes in subplots that punctuate the book like polka dots, relying on his considerable literary skills to link them into a merry pattern of human events." That's actually a really good way to describe his books. I think that is what it's like. It's just, you know, take these little things and then like, we'll put them together. That was the. Listeners, you couldn't see what he did, but he did the weirdest hand gesture along his face to describe what he was saying. <laughs> you were like this. You were like tickling your face while like, I, you're like it's I like taking so. all these little things. And then I, I don't know why you're making You made like, like a spider. It's not, I didn't make that up. Oh, this <laughs> one like, was on camera. I like this one. This is from The Scotsman, and it says, Very agreeable. <laughs> <laughs> McCall Smith has a rare and enviable gift. Yeah. So do you find, like, have you seen like from past library jobs, do you think... 
uh, these appeal. It seems to me, I guess, that they appeal maybe more to like an older crowd. Do you find that true? Maybe. I think I remember one of maybe his newer ones mm -hmm. were part of a book club. Oh. And the book club there, they just kept them um, uh, checked in. And it was it was a really big book club. Really? Um, and every now and then they would probably just do whatever his newest one was or okay. the second, you know, the one just before that. Um, and that book club probably ranged from like, you know, people in their 40s and up. Okay. So not, yeah. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, that's, I don't understand this, the number one ladies detective agency if it's like going for like an older crowd or, yeah. You know, well, it certainly my wasn't. My parents' age. It's, it's kind of misleading, I think, to, um, I mean, I, I, when I read the title, it just even before, before I read it, I guess when I, when I heard that, I just always assumed that they were like murder mysteries, uh -huh. you know, that they were like mysteries, like yeah. cozy mysteries, I guess yeah. is probably what I thought. And we keep them in the mysteries. And right. I think, you know, technically they are, mm -hmm. but they're not the kind of book that you read. They're not whodunits, you know, right. that you don't read the book because you want a great mystery. You, you read the book because the book itself is an experience. And I think, I think a lot of his, a lot of what I've, I mean, I guess pretty much everything besides maybe the young, precious Romanceway book, uh, and Trains and Lovers, that I read was really about the writing, you know? I mean, they're, they're, the story, um, the story moves it along, and, the, and there are, and there's little, like, peppered in little mini subplots that, that make up sort of a, a greater experience, but I think uh, he's one where the writing really is like a key element of it. He, he, his books are not the books that you that you start and you're anxious to finish. Right. You know, I mean, you sit hmm. down and you just sort of have a mug of coffee and you just like enjoy the experience of reading his book. And uh, which I think is one of the reason why he uses so well this, this, uh, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but this um, uh, approach of, of having little mini stories right. you know making up making up part of a, a greater because i think the the point is just to enjoy it you know for as long as it lasts you just get in there and enjoy it it's it's not they're not meant to be like page turners and i have to find out what happens it's so it's sort of a different approach and i think like it's like a jacuzzi yeah you just get in the jacuzzi yeah enjoy the heat there you're not you're not swimming you're not exercising hey, enjoy the bubbles yeah, you're just soaking it up yeah you're not so, bathing i think you certainly it's not for not. bathing no no, it's just just to yeah. have a nice relaxing yeah. day. So I, th <laughs> I think if you don't know that, like uh -huh. if you just pick one up, cold, if you think you're going into a swimming pool, <laughs> yes. But I mean, like for the book club, for example, uh -huh. I mean we all, me included, thought that we were gonna sit down and read like a Alex, mystery, yeah. and it wasn't. And yeah. so a lot of us had had trouble like adjusting uh, our expectations and sort of like I, I like I got it in the end. Uh -huh. know, I was like, okay, so. You know, I was just wrong about what mm -hmm. this is. And so I read it kind of expecting suddenly there's going to be a big thing that becomes, you know, the, the plot that we're right. driving towards. And it doesn't. So right. I think it's good to know, approaching his novels, that, you know, it's it's about it's about the journey, not sure. the destination. Right. You know. Like Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. It's very much about sure. the destination, though, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, so Once you get to Mount Mordor, it's a... Okay, so you've yeah. discredited your own example. No, it's also about the journey. It's more so about the journey okay. than the destination. Right. But the destination is a very big part. It might be even more important than the I journey. Understand. Sure. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, uh, as we've said, he, he remains popular. I, I think all of these series have, have a lot of people here in Wellsville in particular, but all across STLS we see them going. Uh, we always get them, and, and some of the smaller libraries don't. So we're constantly pulling yeah. these for holds and sending them out. So uh, the, I think they remain popular, and I think yeah. it's a testament to his skill and his, and his style that he's managed to... Uh, connect with an with an audience on on multiple different different levels. And well, doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt that in 2011 he was voted Scotland's sexiest man alive. Is that true? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, it wouldn't hurt. Though. John Lithgow actually won that award. John Lithgow. <laughs> wow, I don't think he's Scottish, so that's really an <laughs> honor. The I mean, first time, yeah. first time bestowed on it. But anyway, <laughs> he's a he's a perpetually popular author. We're excited to have him yeah. here. Uh, his he's sort of known. In, in the lecture circuit as being yeah. a particularly good yeah. uh, presenter. You know, yeah. he, his, his, his charm and his style, I think, I think even if you're not a fan of the books, even if you've never read one, I think you could come to the auditorium and hear the talk and just be entertained and uh, have a good time. So I hope you will. I hope you come. Uh, all that information, again, let me just quickly go over it. 7 o'clock, October 20th, in the auditorium. You don't need a ticket. If you want to come to the reception and meet him, get a book signed afterward, you do need a ticket, and that is $35. You can pick them up right here at the uh, library desk. All of the proceeds for that go towards offsetting the cost for this, uh, and this is something that we hope to do year after year. And again, we want to thank the friends of the library and Houghton College mm -hmm. for their support, yep. and we're excited. I'm, are you excited? Yeah. I'm excited. It's an exciting time. It's always exciting. I know. When we were getting Joyce Carol Oates, it was super exciting. I know. And this is super exciting. I, know. I think it's going to be a madhouse. It's I really do. Palpable. Did I say that right? I don't think palatable. so, but I think, palatable. All, I think we all knew it. Palatable? So, I mean, uh, this, this whole segment has been sort of like library news. But yeah. let's scale it down and talk library news. Scale it down. So what do you got coming up? The card game club seems to be going card well. Card game club, by the, uh, way. the teen card club. Yeah, I said teen clarb. Yeah, I'm having a problem. I got it. The, yeah. the, the coke it is, is the has coke. wore off. Mm -hmm. I've sweated out <laughs> like a fever, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a crazy coke fever. Mm -hmm. Which, if you don't add in the fact that it's Coca Cola, yeah, sounds nuts. No, sounds it like does. it's uh, Johnny Depp's blow. Right. The movie, <laughs> yeah. not Johnny Depp's collection I of understand. cocaine. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's all right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, yes, our teen after-school card game club uh, has been growing. That's for uh, kids after school to come and play Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic. The main game being played is Yu-Gi-Oh, which I don't understand. I don't understand the game. I don't understand why it's popular, but mm -hmm. it's there. And we also had some people playing Magic cards. Cool. Uh, Pokemon gets played on a regular basis, but um, we've got our teen anime club every Wednesday. Oh, the card game thing if you're a teenager and you're free after school, it's... Tuesdays at three. Okay. Uh, three to five, and then uh, we've got our after our teen anime club on Wednesdays, five thirty to seven thirty, and that. Oh, and the seventh, October seventh, <laughs> we're at three thirty in the Nancy How. Nancy Howe. Correct. I, yeah. I always try to say Nancy A. Howe. Yeah. Maybe her middle name was A. I think Do it we... was, actually. <gasps> Nancy A. Howe Auditorium. Oh, that's not what we call We're it. showing the modern classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. You're overselling. Look, it's a character piece more okay. than I thought it was going to be. Wow. And so when I seem not so excited about it, it was yeah. because I was hoping for like some crazy action. I was I hoping for like crazy aerial, like the Technodrome is being built, action right. and everything. And the action was scaled down from beating the crap out of people yeah. to more like jumping and, uh, you know, feats of excitement like that. Yeah. And so I think I was like, oh, it's not as like kick butt. But like the more I've been thinking about it, the more like I enjoyed the turtles actually getting like character moments and mm -hmm. stuff. I enjoyed Raph being a character 
more I, than just being like a Raphael. Just fighting. So sure. and Leo, this was like probably the first time I've seen like Leo. No, TMNT, the CGI movie. Yeah, that one had a good Leo Raph plot. Yeah. So, but Leo definitely got like a nice. Like he learned a lesson. You're trying to pull me in because of my love of Leonardo. He, well, because here? he's and he's the a, screenplay for this was written by Alexander McCall Smith. Sure Is that was. Right? Yeah, he <laughs> he's a big Turtles great. fan. Wow. They're uh, huge in Scotland. <laughs> disclaimer: That's not um, true. He didn't. But write anyways, it. we're showing the new Ninja Turtles movie. It's rated PG-13. It's a soft PG-13. Okay. I think the only reason they rated it PG-13 was because they gave Casey Jones, played by Stephen Armell, a bunch of swear words to oh, say. Okay. He says swears and then punches some people. Okay. But if you took out Casey Jones, yeah. it's, it's a PG movie. I see. Maybe they put him in there because they wanted the PG-13. Yeah. Because <laughs> they thought it was the default. We gotta amp this up again. I think this... <laughs> Show someone smoking a cigarette. So all the other ones are PG, right? Even the 80s one that seems a lot more violent yeah, than it actually I, is. But those are sort of... Doesn't that predate PG-13? Uh, I don't know. Batman. No, the first Batman movie was PG-13. Mm, and that came first. Think, it did it? Oh, I think in 89. Oh, I thought Turtles was 88. No, I, I think they're know. like 91. Oh, okay. So, I believe you. I always remember it being more violent, but it's not that much. Yeah. Even though they do just beat up a bunch of teenagers. They do. <laughs> they're full grown turtles beating up uh, other teenagers. No, they're teenagers. That's true. They're teenagers just beating up teenagers. Teenagers beating up other You're just teenagers. watching a school yeah. rumble. Yeah. And then the shredder yeah. comes in and tries yeah, to murder those child, teens. Childhood gang violence. So, so that's yeah. great. That's what um, you So, yeah, if you have a bunch of kids that are super excited to watch the turtles in their new adventure, yeah. I'd, I'd recommend this one. Okay. Cool. So, and that's it for. Good stuff. What, is that? what else is going on in the world of adults besides well, getting ready for McCall Smith? Uh, that's a lot of it. But uh, on um, Excuse you. Wednesday, yeah. we have a special, our annual Tai Chi on the Front Lawn event, Ooh, yeah. uh, led by the master from uh, Alfred mm-hmm. from the Confucius Institute over there. Mm-hmm. She's going to come and lead a group on the Front Lawn. You don't have to sign up or anything. That's at 11 o'clock. Just yeah. show up and do some Tai Chi. It's yeah. great. We had a huge turnout last year. We had about 50 people. Big circle. So it was really that's nice. That's true. Yeah. Uh, also, on that same day, the 5th, uh, 3.30, we're talking Girl on the Train. That's yeah. a book club. So that typically has sign-ups. But if you want to come and talk with us, just come. Even if yeah. you haven't signed up, that's fine. We'll, yeah. we'll make the room. Talk about the book before you see the movie. Then that's go right. see the movie. And then right after that, uh, we'll, we'll end Girl on the Train, and we'll pass out copies of uh, Dean Kuhn's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. For our Halloween book club, yeah. so you can join us for that. And then we'll all hang out at Nick's house and watch I Frankenstein, yeah. starring Aaron Eckhart. Sure. <laughs> um, the other book club, Contemporary <clears throat> Classics, is reading through Emma, and yeah. that will be right before Alexander McCall Smith is yeah. here. That'll yeah. be the, the Tuesday before. Right on the cusp. That's right. So that'll be Tuesday the 18th, also at 3 yeah. 30, so you can join us for that. Yeah. Uh, we're also, showing Casper. Oh, yeah, the, ch- the we're children. We're showing yeah. the Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman, yeah. hometown hero, local yeah. boy. You've never seen this? Oh, I love it. No, you have seen it. Yeah. My wife has never seen I it. I love it. Our children's librarian has never seen it. Really? Yeah. Bill Pullman, right, you said, he's the yeah, local hero. He's right here. I, I thought it would have been required viewing yeah, in this Yeah, I think town. so, yeah. So anyway, we're showing that, uh, what, Monday the 10th? Yes. Monday the 10th at yeah. 3.30. You can see that. That's open for everyone. Uh, and then we're showing Spooky Buddies Saturday <laughs> sure. the 15th. So yeah, if you like the buddies, those Halloween little golden retriever puppies, yeah. having adventures, Yeah, Spooky Buddies. Yeah, lots of fun stuff mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, because they're spooky. Yep. Next week, big number 60, 60th episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about in, so. uh, the 70s. No, we're going to take a look at the 1960s. Oh, sure, yeah. Like in, we did in, with our 50s one. Yeah, line. in literature and music and yeah. probably milk and mayonnaise prices, obviously, we'll have yeah, to Yeah, we need there, to know so. how much mayonnaise was in the 1960s. Definitely. We'll need to know what uh, exactly Don Draper was doing. Well, then. yeah, we'll so. finally answer the question, how much was that jar of mayonnaise in 1964? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, other so, piece of library news. Oh, well, uh, okay. Nick and myself, we got new glasses. Yeah. They can't see me. I cool. just put my glasses on yeah, to... You did. Really hammer I've had mine on for a while, but... Yeah, you've had yours on. Mine's actually kind of... I gotta clean them. Whole time. Uh, 
That's all. I mean, I guess it's not like the most important, no. but it feels important. It's technically library news. Yeah, it is. So if you if you're used to finding us based off of this, our yeah, glasses, if you're like if you're describing our glasses to people. Change, change. Take a look, yeah. Mister. <laughs> all right, we will see you for our groovy 1960s episode next week. Mm-hmm.